On today's pod, we have Mr. Marco Cazzapoli. We will be starting a new series where we will be talking to different people in different industries with different occupations for those who are interested in pursuing a similar career path. He was my grade 10 teacher who has made a great impact on me and it was a great way to catch up with him since graduating from high school. We talked about his personal journey and reasoning into becoming a teacher, how one can become a teacher, and further dived into questions that friends of mine had for him and teachers in general. So please lean in and join my conversation with Mr. Cazzapoli. Okay, hello everyone and welcome back to the podcast. I'm Aline, I'm part of the production team for these podcasts and you might have heard me or remember me from the previous podcast I had with Jackie and Julia and Brian. Today we're going to switch things up and introduce a new series we want to develop where we talk to different people and different career paths and seek advice and guidance in order to paint a better picture for those who are interested in pursuing a career the pod would be focused on for that day. So today we welcome Mr. Kuzapoli, who is a teacher at Carla Newman. So welcome. You were my grade 10 math teacher, one of my Thank favorites. <laughs> oh, that's very kind of you. Thank you for having me, Aline. <laughs> Thank you for being here. Like, I remember distinctly us talking about organic chemistry. <laughs> you knew how nervous I was. But yeah, I actually had it last semester and it was actually really good. I loved it. So yeah, it's got a lot of, believe it or not, math in there, you know, a lot of patterning, a lot of, you know, yeah you know, recognition of cause and effect. So that's what kind of drew me into into chemistry and math. So I have a kind of a, an interest in both because they, they work so well together. So yeah, I'm glad you kind of found the interest in it as well. That's pretty cool. So I want to start off with, so you're a teacher at Conlon Newman. So I want to ask, like, how has the pandemic affected you personally and even career-wise? Oh, wow. Well, I guess we kind of found out that we were going you know extended leave for march break for about two weeks so mm. i guess you know myself and now all of my other colleagues we just thought you know this was kind of gonna blow over after a few weeks we'd all be back in the classroom yeah. doing our regular thing you know no, i don't think anyone could have predicted that it would last as long as it did and we would kind of be out of the classroom for this long so it's really been it's really been tough you know trying to navigate this online learning platform i've never taught an online class before mm. and I've taken a few online classes and you know they don't they don't compare to the face-to-face interaction that that we all need right yeah it, it, it's hard on the teachers and I think even more so on the students but hopefully you know come September we try and find some sort of normal like normal kind of classroom setting again I know that's kind of a stretch but I think it really you know paints a picture of how much we really do value education and, you know, the yeah. teacher-student kind of relationship. It's, it can't be done online. No, it's a completely different experience, especially like when you're in person, you can create that, you know, good teacher-student relationship and the bond and it makes things easier. But obviously if it's online, it's very hard to do that, make connections and everything. So it's strange. Absolutely. Absolutely. The other side of it though, it's, it's given me a lot of time to kind of be with my family. Yeah. Right? It's, you know, I, I wouldn't have gotten this kind of quality time with them if this quarantine didn't happen, right? So it's a it's a bittersweet kind of situation. Yeah, it's bittersweet. So when you guys, when they announced that, you know, we're go- we were going to go in quarantine, did you guys know how you guys were going to teach online, like right away? Or did, how was the adjustment period? Oh, uh, yeah, it, w- it was tough. Well, I already have 
kind of, I guess, like a classroom website set up. I use Google mm -hmm. Classroom, Google Classroom a lot. So that was already kind of up and running since, you know, the beginning of the semester. I usually do that for all my classes. So it was more so, all right, now this is going to be our only learning platform. So trying to make sure that students were online every day, making quizzes and tests that I normally wouldn't have run that way. Mm. So it, was, it wasn't a big kind of adjustment for me. It's just more of a, okay, this is the only thing that we're going to be doing now. I'm not yeah. going to see you face to face to kind of chase you down for assignments <laughs> or, or, you know, make sure that you're on task. It's kind of really, all right, here is your work. And if you have any questions, you got to email me. Yeah. For some students, I think it was it was okay, but for the students who really needed the the one-on-one -on -one support and the one-on-one -on -one conversation with the teachers, I think those students are the ones that suffered the most. Yeah. So for the upcoming like fall semester, do you guys have the solid groundwork on like what you guys are gonna do, or has it not been finalized yet? Well, I guess a little bit of both. Right now, I think we're trying to hear from a school board what the final plan is, but I think they're running something called a quadmester. So they're going to yeah. run a couple of courses every month, every couple of months, rather than you know, the five-month semester. That way, and I think students are coming like day one, day two, that kind of situation. But to be honest, Aline, I, I really don't know. I'm just kind of waiting for direction because yeah. I don't even think that it's been finalized yet. So whatever kind of happens, happens. And, and my wife's a teacher too. So she's kind Aww. of in the same boat. Yeah, we're all just kind of waiting, you know, to see how this is really going to play out. Oh gosh. So you guys don't even know either. You guys are not in the loop yet. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, we get bits and pieces. Yeah. You know, we, as teachers, we're part of a teacher union. Yeah. So we're getting information from the union. We're getting information from the school board. And sometimes those pieces of information contradict each other. Mm -hmm. And we're kind of left to kind of sort it out ourselves. So it's, oh, it's, it's challenging. It's, it's, um, it's not a fun time for teachers and students. No. <laughs> and we, we all just try to kind of do the best that we can and, and, you know, hope for the best, right? Yeah. Okay, so we're going to move on. So I want, to, I want you to explain a little bit about yourself. So tell me how you got here. So like hometown, schooling, where were you born, your family? Where did oh, you wow. go to high school? Yeah. Okay, all of it. All right. So, um, where did I grow up? Okay, so I, I my parents met in uh, in Toronto. They're both Italian, so they both yeah. came from uh, from Italy at a young age, and they kind of oh. met in Toronto, and you know, got married and had my me and my sisters uh, in Toronto. But I guess the you know the city life wasn't really for them too much, so they yeah. moved out into the Durham region. That's where I went to uh, to elementary school and to high school, and then from there. I met actually my wife in, in high school as well. You guys are high school sweethearts? Uh, kind of the opposite. <laughs> we actually were just kind of friends and then we didn't really start to get to know, know each other until university. But, hmm. you know, it was, it was nice growing up in this kind of environment because it wasn't too busy, but you still had access to everything. Hmm. So I went, to, yeah, I went to high school at, in, in Ajax uh, in the Durham region. So after that, it was a matter of choosing, you know, which university I wanted to go to yeah. because it was it was actually in high school that I figured out I wanted to be a teacher. Yeah, for a couple of reasons. I had really good teachers and like specifically a really good chemistry teacher. Mm. So that's who kind of inspired me to, to pursue that kind of education background. But I also had some really not so good <laughs> uh, te <laughs> teachers that actually inspired me to kind of want to do better a little bit. Wanted, yeah. wanted to connect to the students a little bit better than, than they would have. 
So it was kind of a mix, you know, these good and positive and not so positive experiences that said, you know, this was, this is what I wanted to do. And so from there, I wanted to choose, I want to stay close to home because I'm close to the, my family. So I went to York University for my undergrad, did my undergrad in, uh, in, in chemistry, mm-hmm. and minor, I did, so major, minor, major in chemistry and minor in environmental sciences. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then uh, picked up a, like my math teachable later on as a, like an additional qualification. Yeah. And yeah, I also did my teacher's college, they, they call it, or your teacher's education at York as well. Oh, and wow. yeah, and that was about, that was 2011. So going on oh, nine, wow. nine or 10 years since I've been teaching. I can't believe it. Nine years. Oh, oh my God. Say that out loud. It's kind of weird. <laughs> but it's been great. It's, I've learned a lot and I'm still, still learning. Every time, every new group of students is a, is a new kind of learning experience for me because I learn from them. They learn from me, hopefully. And yeah. it's, it's been great. It's been great. I couldn't imagine myself doing anything else. Because I remember, like, I, I would ask, like, certain teachers, because I'm like, you don't, you guys don't get bored teaching the same <laughs> course every year. And they're like, no, because every classroom has different types of students and different exactly. stories. And so it doesn't bore you out. Yeah. That's cool. You might be, you know, you know, might think that teaching, you know, parabolas gets boring after <laughs> nine, or, nine or 10 years, but it's, you learn a new way of teaching it yeah. every Every time, every time you have a new face to teach it to, it's something new kind of comes out. Especially in quarantine. So now you have a new learning style too. <laughs> I know. See, there's another set of challenges. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's the great thing about teaching. It's like you wear a lot of, wear a lot of hats, you know, you're, <laughs> you're a teacher, you're a counselor, you're yeah. stand-up comedian at times, you know, <laughs> you're a psychologist, you know, you're kind of whatever the students need. And, and that's pretty, that's a pretty cool career path. So what were you like in high school? Were you a good student? Did you get good marks? Were you, how were you? <laughs> uh, well, I was the type of student or type of kid to kind of fall in whatever crowd I was working with, right? So I played a lot of soccer. So sometimes I would be hanging out with, let's call them the jocks or whatever. But I also was really good academically. So I would be hanging out with the nerds, you know, a little bit <laughs> And then my wife had a, a group of friends that were kind of into music. So I would hang oh. out with them a little bit. So I kind of found myself wandering a little bit, trying to figure out you know, who I was and, mm-hmm. and what kind of skills I would and experiences I could live on or, or, or gather as I went through high school. And I didn't really kind of figure out who I was and what I wanted to do, probably in, not until like first or second year university when I was on my own and there wasn't really mm. these groups of friends to kind of tag along with. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, now, you know, now I know kind of who I am and what I wanted to do with my life. I, I know I wanted to be a father and get married and, and kind of have that life as well. So that's where my path kind of steered me towards. In like grade 12, did you have any idea of what you want to be or did you figure that out in uni? Yeah, no, I, I knew I wanted to be a teacher probably hmm. in grade 11. Oh, okay. I, I had, you know, a not so positive learning experience <laughs> experience from there, from a teacher in in, uh, in grade 11. And then I had a really good one in grade 12. So it was kind of a combination of both. Um, Explain like the difference between <laughs> the good and the bad teacher. Sure, sure, sure. I'll start with the good one. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Let's call him Mr. Mr. K. Okay. <laughs> 
Mr. K, he was my science te- or my chemistry teacher in grade 12, and he would just bring this energy to his teaching style that was just, I don't know what you want to call it, like contagious. Mm-hmm. You know, he was so passionate about what he was teaching and almost had like life lessons in his chemistry lessons. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. One of the famous lessons that I still hold today is be cautious, but not afraid. And yeah. He was talking about handling, you know, sulfuric acid within a beaker at the time, right? <laughs> but he had a spin on be calm but not afraid. And that's kind of like the way you're supposed to live your life, too. He meant it as <laughs> a way to handle chemicals properly. <laughs> you know, that's just kind of the, his style. And that's the way I kind of fell in love with the subject is the, mm-hmm. just by the way that he taught it. So you um, liked, you started liking chemistry because of him? Or did you like chemistry before? I like the chemistry because it was a combination of being able to do a lot of calculations, which I love mm. to do, but also kind of get your hands dirty. And that kind of, yeah. that's the subject area and that kind of fit with my personality the, the best. Right now I'm, I'm building my patio in my backyard, you know, there's, there's tons of calculations involved in, the, in there that I didn't even realize, but <laughs> I'm also getting my hands dirty. So it's perfect for me, you know, that kind of, that subject area goes hand in hand with math and science. So did you like biology, physics, or just chem? So the bio was too much, too much language for me. I was never a yeah. language guy. Yeah. A lot, a lot of memorization, at least in my, in the high school experience, it wasn't a lot of hands-on. Mm-hmm. And then the physics was too many calculations, not enough <laughs> hands-on, right? So I know chemistry just... You know, I was in middle peak, ground. Yeah, it piqued my interest the most. Right? Mm-hmm. So how, how was your experience with the not-so-good teacher? <laughs> I don't know. It's, it was more so a lot of teacher putting information out there, not really asking for student input. Mm-hmm. You know, when you had a question, you, that teacher wasn't really approachable. I remember trying to like ask if I could actually teach the lesson <laughs> <laughs> at one point. I'm like, you know, miss, can I, I, I really understand this topic. Can I just grab this whiteboard marker and just explain it to the class a little bit? And she, she gave me that opportunity, right, to do it. But at the same time, it was like, you know, this is, this is your job. <laughs> this is what you're supposed to be doing. What subject was this? That was grade 11 physics. Oh, jeez. Did, yeah, yeah. did you continue with it in grade 12? Or you said, okay, no, I, I'm scarred too much. I did take it in grade 12, only because I knew that we were going to build roller coasters. <laughs> in, in grade 12, that was the grade 12 physics project. So I'm like, okay, I definitely want to do that. That, so was, that was, sorry, that was actually our project as well for like grade 12 physics. It's pretty standard, I think, yeah. across, <laughs> across the curriculum to build the roller coaster. And then if you, you win as a class, if your project is the best one in the class, you get to go to Canada's Wonderland. And, like, yeah. Yeah. So that was <laughs> well, that's cool. exactly ours. Yeah. Oh, God. But I've always like, I agree with what you say, though, because it's like, I've always said that your teacher, whoever you have, whether it's a teacher, a professor, a mentor, whatever, they can make or break you. If I had a different chemistry teacher in like, or like science teacher in grade nine, I honestly don't know if I would go into science because like I had, I had Miss Leo for grade nine science. Amazing. And because of her, like her teaching was amazing. So I realized, because I didn't really know in grade nine, obviously, but like I had her and I realized, I'm like, you know what? I actually really like science. I'm actually really good at it. And since I didn't have a bad experience with science, I didn't have a bad taste in my mouth for that specific subject. So I had good memories associated with that. And I think a lot of that comes down to the teacher that I had. 
because I had like bad experiences in other subjects and that kind of made me have a really bad, I guess, impression or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it honestly depends on like your teacher. Like I had, for example, even last semester, I had like a really, really amazing cell bio professor, Dr. Patello. Excellent. And I already like cell bio a lot. And I'm already very interested in it, but just the way that he would explain things and he was so passionate about it, it made me become even more drawn to it. And yeah, yeah. it was great. Yeah. yeah, it's good. The teacher, exactly like you said, it make or break it and, and yeah. their cont- their energy is contagious. Exactly. If it's, yeah. a, if it's a low energy, you're not going to be interested in it. And if it's, they're having fun with it, you're going to want to have fun with mm-hmm. it too. That's the, you know, the philosophy I, I like to bring to any course that I teach, whether it's yeah. science or math, it's to, you have to be interested in it and if you're not then the kids won't be exactly it's, like even in high school like like we can tell which teachers don't want to be there and you know they can they can bring their you can feel the negativity that they can project at certain times and it can make us feel you know very down and you don't want to be there either so yeah no it's 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 the speaks to the you know the power of the teacher right mm-hmm it's a profession not for everyone and you really need to know what you're getting yourself into because you are you have kind of students in your hand ready to be kind of molded let's call it Mm -hmm. and if and if you're not ready to learn from them just as much as they are from you it's not going to be a fun experience you got to have fun yeah (laughs) so what you're doing yeah so what's it like being a teacher so can you describe your like typical day as a teacher your pros and cons how has your experience been as a teacher so far? It's like being a teacher. <laughs> it's it's hard to summarize. You know, there are definitely some tough days. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, days where you start to think about, oh wow, I, I chose the wrong profession. <laughs> <laughs> there are students that you know really you know rattle you and they make you they push all the right buttons. You know, let's yeah. call it. That. So there are, there are definitely many days like that. But you know what? All of those days end. All of those bad days end. And what's left is some amazing days where you really connect with students. And the student who didn't want to learn really does. And they come back and they say hello to you after they finish graduating. Or maybe they they write you an email and they want to interview you. You know, (laughs) stuff like that, right? Those those are the, the moments that really make you really appreciate the luxury and really humbles you as yeah. for being a teacher because it is literally the best profession. You can do literally anything. You mm-hmm. can you can be tech support. You can be a psychologist. You can be, like I said, a stand-up comedian. You can you can be the teacher that really makes a difference in that kid's life. Mm-hmm. Right. So I don't I can't imagine another profession where you are able to do all of these different jobs all in one. Yeah. It literally checks all the boxes. It checks all the boxes. It gives you great working hours, for example, where you yeah. can go to work and then you kind of come home and you still have time to spend with your family. You know, mm-hmm. the summer's off, Christmas vacation, all of these great, it's a very family-oriented job. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been great. And you, as long as you have the, the qualifications, so my qualifications are for seniors, chemistry, science, environmental science, math, and I just picked up a co-op. So mm-hmm. you can broaden your your teachables kind of at any time as yeah. long as you're willing to teach those subjects. It never gets boring. 
even though you might be teaching grade nine and grade 10 for 10, 15 years, mm -hmm. students always change. The subject material can change if you choose it, to, you know, for it to change. I can't imagine myself doing anything else. So how do you like balance your personal life, family life with your career? Because you guys, because unlike, you know, professors, you know, they have TAs marking their own tests, but you guys have to create your own tests, mark your tests, make your PowerPoints. So how do you balance that with family life, personal life? Yeah, well, the first few years are definitely tough. Mm. Like when, when you're starting off and you've got, you got really nothing, you know, maybe, a, maybe another teacher gave you a couple of USB files to, to kind of start you off. You really don't have much. A lot of it is making from, from scratch. You know, you might take a couple of ideas here and there. Mm -hmm. but it isn't until I think probably around the fifth or sixth year that you've been teaching that you really start to, to separate your professional and personal life. Oh. Because after around the five or six year mark, at least that's what it was for me, now you have enough lesson plans and enough tests that you can kind of take different ideas from these different lessons that you've previously taught yourself mm -hmm. and kind of adapt them. And now you know the curriculum, you know what to expect in the next unit. You know, when I was first starting out, I was literally like one page or one chapter ahead of, of the oh. students, right? <laughs> you really don't know, right? Until you've taught it a couple of times. So you find yourself taking all of this marking and all of this planning back home with you. And now you're up in the evenings till 9, 10, 11 o'clock planning, marking, and mm -hmm. trying to just get ready for the next day. But like I said, after about the fifth or sixth year, then you start to say, okay, I know what I'm teaching tomorrow. I know what I'm teaching next week. Yeah. Uh, I'm okay. I can leave my work at work. I can go home and be with my mm. family. So um, it takes about like a couple of years to like get in the groups of things? Definitely. Yeah, at least five or six years before you can leave your work at work and, and mm. when you come when you come home you can be with your family but if you start teaching a new course or now you're expected to teach everything online now you're basically back at square run <laughs> you, you do take your work home with you and and i'm very fortunate that my wife is also a teacher so she kind of gets it you know what does she teach she teaches grade three french immersion so it's tough on you know high school students, university students. Yeah. It's it's super tough for these little guys. Who, oh yeah. Who have not been in front of a screen for that a length of time yeah. before? You know, I don't think that's really being considered. You know, all this online learning and this ability to choose whether to be in class or be online. I don't think teachers, students, or even let's call them politicians, are really recognizing how much time is being spent in front of a screen. Yeah. And, and the expectation that you have to be focused and, mm -hmm. and watching these lessons or this, this content being delivered through a screen, it's, it's going to have some long-term effects. When my son was born, we, we made it kind of our parenting style to kind of really limit the screen time. So he's only starting to watch TV like now. And that's maybe oh. once or twice a week. Like, he's not really interested in it. He's four. <laughs> but I'm telling you, like, he can read. He can read in two languages. He can type. Oh, wow. He's, he's come a long way. And I really think it's because of the, the limit of the screen time and the yeah. amount of face-to-face -face interaction. And, you know, and no judgments, you know. Like, every parent, every family has their own situation that they do. But that was just kind of our approach to, to parenting. And it kind of came from the background of, of teaching as well right no like i agree because it's like 
now that everything is online, it has a really big toll on like physical and mental health. Like I can Absolutely. only imagine because I'm 20. So I've, I've already experienced all of that. But I mean, I can only imagine even like an elementary student going mm -hmm. to not even going being able to go to school, make those friends and have those experiences like recess. They're stuck at home sitting down for like six hours straight staring at a computer screen. So I can yeah. only imagine like, if you can't even focus in a physical school, how are you going to do that on online school? No, absolutely. Yeah, and those are those are the students that unfortunately I think have suffered the most through this yeah. quarantine. Is the ones who have struggled when in a in a class setting mm -hmm. already. You know. Yeah. Now they're being asked to focus even more so online independently. It's it's yeah. been really tough. So let's move on. <laughs> yeah. So can you explain like how one can become like a teacher? So how do they get into teachers college? picking the teachables that they want, the majors and minors they should pursue? Well, I'll, I'll talk about my kind of path and then my, mm -hmm. my, my sister's path who just kind of, she just finished. So for me, because I knew that I wanted to teach high school, I didn't, that's where I felt I could mm -hmm. make the, the biggest difference and have the most connection with students. I knew that I had to select a major and a minor in university. Mm -hmm. So going through your, let's say your four-year undergrad or undergrad or bachelor's you need to have a certain number of credits I can't remember how many you needed but to, to qualify for a major and a minor minor because if you want to teach high school you have to be able to teach two subjects is it like the first teaching subject is like 12 and then the second one is like six I think you probably nailed it I think it's exactly that yeah. right so then with those number of credits and having a, I think you need like a B average mm -hmm. for all all of them uh, then you could take that to um, whatever teacher's college you want to apply to and say, okay, I want to apply for intermediate and senior. So that will cover grades from 7 to 12. So mm -hmm. I'm, qual I'm qualified to teach grades 7 to 12. Whatever subjects I majored and minored in, which was uh, chemistry, environmental science, and then I picked up math later on. So your two teachables going into teacher's college was you can teach chemistry and you can teach environmental science. So yeah. with the math, you talked about like additional courses. Can you explain how that works? Cause like, what if you want to teach like math, but you don't have enough math credits in uni. So how does that work? Definitely. Right. So the only reason I was able to apply for this additional qualification for math was because I had enough math related courses throughout university. So they take, so whenever you're about to take an additional qualification, let's say I want to take an additional qualification in history, mm -hmm. they would take a look at my university transcript and check to see if I had any, or if I had enough history related courses that I take, mm -hmm. that I had taken in order to teach history in the high school level. If I didn't, then I would need to go back to university to go and take those courses. Oh, wow. So because I did a lot of chemistry, a lot of it is, you know, analytical chem or let's call them stats for stats for yeah. chem. Those are very math relatable courses. So mm -hmm. with that, I was able to qualify to take this additional qualification course. So these, like, let's say how you were saying, like these history related courses mm -hmm. can, even though, even with your analytical chemistry those courses that count towards your like major can also count towards taking like the additional. That's right. Mm. So like, say for example, you want to teach math. So you have math related courses like physics. That's right. What else? Stats. So those yeah. can all count. 
is there like a specific amount that you need to have? If you asked me this question about seven or eight years ago, I'd be able to tell you, <laughs> but I have no idea now. I, I, I can tell you, I would be lying if I made it up. It's okay. But uh, I think it's an easy, it's an easy search. If you just take a look at any university who's offering AQ courses, additional qualification courses, mm -hmm. take a look at what the requirements are for taking those courses. And they'll say, you know, whatever, four or six, of math credits or related cre related math credits, something like that. And are these AQ courses, are they all online? Because I yes. think I saw, yeah, they're, so they're yeah. online? Yep. So I, I did math, I think, at, I think it was Lakehead. They were offering it at the time. Mm -hmm. I did my AQ course for math through them. So these AQ courses, do you have to be in teacher's college to do them? Or can you do it once you become a teacher and you decide, okay, I want to teach math. So let me just enroll it's after uh, you become qualified as a teacher mm -hmm. and you could take any AQ, like you could take your special ed, you can take your co-op, you can take guidance. You know, if you want to be a VP or a principal, these are all additional qualification courses that you need to take along that you can take along. The way. So for my, for my sister, just quickly, she didn't want to teach high school. She wanted to teach primary junior. Mm -hmm. So she can teach from kindergarten, I think up to grade, I think it is. Yeah. So for that in university, you just need to have one major, yeah, like course or one major that you need to kind of take to your teacher's college to say, okay, I want to teach this subject area, and then you can apply for primary junior. Oh, that's cool. Like I know, like recently, because I was doing research for it, say like you wanted to teach. I think it's only intermediate. I'm not sure but you want to teach like math. So you can, if you don't have enough credits in university, you can actually take this one-time test. So okay. you kind of, you study like grade nine, grade 10 material, and then you take a test. And if you pass, then you get that additional qualification. I don't know. Have you heard about that? I don't. I don't know anything about that. <laughs> Only thing I remember, I, my sister needed to like pass like a grade seven math test in order to teach. Yeah primary junior math so I was helping her prep for that a little bit on like you know rates and ratios and mm -hmm. patterning and algebra and all these things that you kind of forget unless you're really kind of in it yeah how's teacher college like like what are the are there specific courses you have to take like how does that work any placements it's, it's crazy <laughs> it was a, that was probably the hardest year academically of my life <laughs> really yeah and it wasn't it wasn't the um, the the content being difficult. Mm -hmm. It was just the just sheer amount of stuff that you needed to do. Oh, right? like, like what? Like just the um, journals, reflections, unit plans, lessons plans, group projects. Just and then on top of that, then you have your placement. So the placement for New York was like every two days for a couple of weeks, and then you have four weeks straight, something like that. So while you're in your placement, you have to be lesson planning and teaching and following, you know, your mentor's kind of direction. Mm -hmm. But on the side, when you go home, now you're, you're still kind of doing your coursework, right? Your journals or reflections and group projects and unit plans and just tons and tons of work to do. And yeah, and thankfully, me and my wife went to the same teacher's college at the same time. Oh, wow. Uh, right. So that was pretty cool. So, but, so we understood kind of each, other, each other's, you know, moment in time where, right, this is a, at that time, it was just a year. Now it's two years. 
So for that year, it was just literally school. And then when you came home, you were still doing schoolwork and then back to school the next day. And there was no like a real personal life, at least for me and my wife at that time. So all of this was like condensed in like one year. One year, yeah. So now I know it's two years. So did they like broaden this whole, like your process to like two years? Yeah, so my sister finished this two-year program. So I think they just, they've made more placement time. Mm-hmm. So you get to spend more time actually in the classroom, which for me was most useful learning experience. It was actually being in the classroom and following teachers around and learning how they teach and changing their style up a little bit, taking little bits and pieces from them and kind of making them your own. Mm-hmm. That, was the, that was the best. The lesson planning and the, and the unit planning and the group projects and all that. That's great. It helps you kind of give you kind of like an overall perspective of what you need to do as a teacher. Mm-hmm. It doesn't come close to kind of just being one-on-one with the kids and standing up there for the first time and looking the kids in the eye and and if you're teaching a grade 12 class you're not that much older than them at the time yeah. I remember I remember my first teaching placement I think I was 22 and the no kids were like, yeah because you're graduating four yeah. years right I said, I'm 22 and the kids are like 18 and I'm like oh, I just finished <laughs> I, I was just here guys <laughs> if I do teaching like I look 12 like I look 14 <laughs> so they're gonna think I'm like a student and that can kind of play to your advantage or disadvantage yeah on the, on the kids right some kids might take you serious not might not take you seriously or yeah. some kids might relate to you really well so oh, that's true you play on your strengths right like I remember for us for grade 12, 11 chemistry our teacher went on leave and they brought in like freshly graduated student and right. We actually all loved him. Like we were able yeah. to relate to him more, you know, because he was closer to our age. His Definitely. teaching style and our teaching, you know, learning style was compatible. So it was great. I don't know. Yeah. No, it was great. I remember my first teaching, like they called them LTO, so long-term occasional placement. I was covering for another teacher who was on maternity leave. And I remember just being up there and they kind of finally figured out how old I was. <laughs> They're like, oh, sir. I'm like, can I call you by your first name? <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm still Mr. Kutsupli. Call me that. But I just remember having so much fun with that class. Like, I think for their Chem ISU, I had them do demos. So they had to kind of design their own demonstration. Mm-hmm. So I, I did a couple in the class with them to kind of show them, you know, first you got to talk about safety, you got to lay out your materials, ask lots of questions, that kind of thing. So when they were designing theirs, you know, some of them were choosing, I tried to get them to to only use like household ingredients. So if they wanted to use anything basic, they would just get like Trano or something, (laughs) some acid. So just the strongest kind of vinegar that they can find, because there's tons of experiments that you can use just with household stuff. But it was more so, can you perform this demonstration safely? And can you see the whole picture of why this chemistry works, right? So that was, that was really fun. I had a lot of fun with that class. I think it was more mostly because <laughs> I could relate to them so well. You know, I was literally only four or five years older than them at the time. That's so. insane. Yeah. So you mentioned um, the ISU. I, I just want to ask quickly, do you still do those video ISUs? Like the ones we did in grade 10, we had to create oh, a song. <laughs> 100%. I have my, uh, my inventory is growing. Oh, of, God. I'm good and not so good at <laughs> video ISUs. 
Yeah. Are, are like some students singing like horrible? <laughs> Yeah, I told them, I told you, I told you guys and I told them, like, you guys don't get marked on your singing. <laughs> if you can sing well, then that's, that's great. But you know, oh it's just, God. can you make it relatable? Can you make the content relatable? And can you give us something that we will remember? Did you guys have the, like, the signs in your <laughs> video? Yeah, I think I remember yeah. that. Oh my goodness. So like, for context, I just want to say for, obviously, I had you for grade 10 math. And one of yeah. our ISUs in the end was to create a video, like a music video almost so you for a specific like math topic. So our project was on the quadratic formula. That's right. And we have to kind of come up with lyrics and like the melody and then we have to shoot a music video. <laughs> and let me just tell you when you sh when like when it was our turn to show the video to the class, we were traumatized. Like I couldn't even look at the our voices. I remember like the day before I was recording my part and it's like my parents couldn't even sleep because all they hear is Y equals MX plus B, like on and on <laughs> and like A x squared like oh my gosh yeah it was insane but it was fun <laughs> good time well that's the stuff that you remember right yeah. you know, being a little bit you know vulnerable and having some fun with it and oh yeah you know, oh my god definitely like i still remember the song like it's insane okay anyways <laughs> <laughs> well I'll, i use those as exemplars eh for my any anytime i need to introduce this project again it's all in like a, you oh, know, a, no. google, a, a google folder and i say guys you pick and choose you know here are some ones that i've done in the past and uh, i left them all in there the good the bad and the ugly so it's all in there <laughs> no but yours was your your project was good i remember that one you guys had a lot of a good content too right that's what you yeah. get marked on. anyways okay so let's move on sure i actually asked a bunch of students or like people whatever to give me questions on what they can ask you like some juicy sure. questions that they want to know juicy. so uh -oh. some juicy questions so i okay so number one do teachers have a favorite so like a teacher's pet uh. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta tread lightly here. tread lightly so a teacher's pet like someone that they can count on or someone that they would give extra marks to just because they like mm. them the most Based on your definition, those are really <laughs> All right, You're let me handle this one. Um, <laughs> there are students who go above and beyond for you, mm -hmm. for you as a person. That's mm -hmm. just so much that you're a, a teacher. It's like, oh, sir, can I take down the attendance? Oh, can I uh, hand these hand those papers out to the class? Things like that, right? Mm -hmm. I wouldn't necessarily say they're a teacher's pet. I just know that they are very dependable. Mm -hmm. right? So if you need to go out and run to the washroom really quickly, you can say, hey, John Smith, can you watch the class for a minute? Mm -hmm. I know you're not supposed to do that, but yeah. uh, you know that that student will let you know what's going on, right? Mm -hmm. So not so much teachers' pets, but there are definitely students who either show you that they're at like a certain level of maturity, that they just are dependable. And that's kind of hard to, to pick out or to kind of see in grade 9, 10, 11, let's say. Mm -hmm. A lot of students are not there kind of yet, but if they're kind of, kind of coming to you and showing you that they're, you know, at this level of, I would call it almost like compassion, right? They, they recognize you as a teacher and they know your struggle and what you need in a classroom and they're just kind of there to help, right? Mm -hmm. So there are definitely students that I depend on in class, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't put a label on them and say, call them teacher's pets. Just, <laughs> just kids that you can definitely you know depend on and others that need to keep a closer eye on their, mm. 
that is kind of very put, put well them, said. I would kind of put them in those two two categories. <laughs> All right, good. Can teachers tell who likes who? So, like, can you tell if a student has a crush on someone? Because I I heard like teachers they can tell like who has a crush on who, and they can actually create a seating plan specifically for that, so that they can sit together. Is that true? Is that something you guys do? Or I haven't had that experience. No, I, I, at least that hasn't come up in my experience. So maybe I'm just I'm just so caught up in my own teaching. I don't see the relationships mm-hmm. brewing. <laughs> but I've heard what like so and so was trying to date so and so. You hear that? <laughs> yeah, like as as kids are like entering the class, they're like, "Oh, oh did you hear about them? They got together last night." This and that. Oh God. And oh, then they're no. like, they won't even look at each other in the classroom. <laughs> so I know like there's some tension there. So I won't oh. do any group activities. I don't know. I think most teachers are the same. We kind of plan our lessons on the spot. Okay. We don't really, we don't really think too, like if you're doing this for a few years, you kind of make it up as you go. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, you know, let's say the, the, the topic you want to cover, but you kind of take a sense of the energy in the class and kids are coming in with that kind of energy. It's like, oh, this so-and-so was dating so-and-so. You should hear what, what happened to them last night. <laughs> you know, you can cancel your group activity for the day. <laughs> you know, you don't do the random groups that day. Yeah. Right? So you, you really kind of just respond to the needs of your class at the time. That's very considerate. Yeah. I never thought of that. Okay. Is there any, is there ever any beef between teachers? Like, is there any tension or... I won't give you any specific examples, but 100%. No way, really? 100%. Sometimes it's about courses, you know? It's like, oh, I wanted to teach the grade 10, you know, academic. How come you got to teach it three years in a row? Or I said I wouldn't give you any example. I lied. (laughs) (laughs) I won't give you any names. How about that? Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a lot of tension can happen between, you know, who gets to choose courses. You know, people that it's random, but it's, it's a choice. And it comes, sometimes you're going to have to fight for it if you want to teach a specific class. Oh, wow. Okay. Like, for example, I've been trying to teach grade 11 and grade 12 chemistry for the yeah. longest times. Yeah. I've, I've, been at, I've been at the school for a number of years and uh, haven't been able to get that for whatever reason, right? But you, you do the best with what you have. So, you're, you know, you get an amazing grade 10 class, grade 10 math class, and you just you <laughs> give it all. You give it all to them. But at the beginning, yeah, September or, you know, February when semesters are just starting out, you might, uh, you might sense a little tension. between. Mm. Do you dread listening to O Canada every morning? Absolutely not. It's great. It's, and, and, and if it's, I, you know, I'm not a, I wouldn't consider myself a patriot or anything like that, but it's just mm. a moment, it's just a moment to just kind of be still. And reflect, the, yeah. Still, even with the prayer too, like it's just a moment yeah. to be still. Right? And just to kind of reflect on the day, take in whatever message is on the announcements at the moment and just just kind of be at peace with yourself because the rest of the day is going to be absolutely chaotic. Mm. Right? And it's very rare that we kind of create a moment of, of stillness within our day. And I think it's important to kind of set that in your day, in your schedule, whether it's O'Kenna or a prayer or a moment of you know, mm. meditation. Some teachers do meditations right at the beginning of their class. That's, that's awesome, right? Because in, you know, in the world we live in, it's, it's constantly go, 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 go. Yeah. And people are losing kind of track of their, of their inner voice a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. So just kind of creating a moment of stillness. I, that's what I, I value from, okay, 
Canada and the more just a moment to just set your intentions kind of for the day. Do teachers talk crap about students <laughs> with other teachers like gossip and stuff? <laughs> Why are you laughing? Does that mean, is that a yes? <laughs> you, you take it as you want it at least. But, uh, <laughs> you have me at uh, catching my tongue here, but uh, <laughs> we don't talk crap. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't use the word crap. Okay, in, that's a little in, extreme, in, okay. In, in that sense. But it, we do definitely value input from other teachers, especially, especially, if like they taught them, especially if they taught them before. Yeah. Okay? Oh, you have John in your class. Watch out for his behavior or mm. he, you, need, you need to chase John around for assignments or John's really... Uh, really a good student but he needs a lot of reminders you know stuff like that right mm -hmm. so it's not talking crap like oh i can't i hate john <laughs> we don't we don't really talk like that but it, we definitely look over each other's student lists before the the semester starts and say oh i've taught this person i've taught this person you know here's, uh, here's, like oh no <laughs> here's a tip or here's what to watch it may seem like you're kind of just like alone in your own classroom but Anytime two teachers are talking, it's it's a moment of like professional learning. Yeah. Right. We are literally we are literally building each other up for the day. At least if you hang around the right teachers. Mm -hmm. Right. We are building each other up. We're setting each other up for, for for a good day because we know what the day can turn out to if you're not setting your intentions correctly. Yeah. Okay. So we're gonna move into the rapid fire round. So I just uh -oh. ask I just ask you a bunch of questions about yourself and you just give me the answer like on the well, top of your head like are these like one word answers if yeah sure and then if okay. you want to elaborate yeah so i already <laughs> asked you i already asked you what your favorite color is but just you can you know reiterate it sure green great like money green uh, like money i was thinking like, like trees but your oh, call. yeah yeah <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, see where I see where your head's at what is one factoid my colleagues know least about me i really like building I don't think anybody really knows that. You really like really? what? Sorry. Like building, like constructing. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. like is that why you're into building like your patio? Is that why? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. I've been doing a lot of little projects around the house, like especially during this quarantine. I've actually mm -hmm. had some time to do it. So mm -hmm. I really, I don't think anybody really knows that. Like, I don't come across as I think someone really good with their hands, but I don't know. I just really enjoy it. Okay. What famous person, current or otherwise, would you most like to go to dinner with, and why? Michael Jordan. Wow. Are you a basketball fan? To, not at all. I just always wanted to be him. <laughs> when, <laughs> when, when I was uh, you know, a kid, I would just pretend that I was Michael Jordan. Aww. I was you know, just shooting, shooting hoops in my basement. You know, and just, Aww. Michael Jordan. And just pretend to do like a slam dunk. I was a big Space Jam fan too. So yeah? I just loved to sit down and just have a quick conversation with him and just be like, I, I, I idolize you, man. You've come <laughs> such a long way. <laughs> What is your favorite food? Potatoes. Potatoes? <laughs> Potatoes. I know it's weird, but it's like the most versatile food that you can think it at. Fries, mashed, barbecue, whatever, pudding, anything. You can do anything with potatoes. Okay, that is the best answer for this question we've got so far. <laughs> potatoes. Like people say chicken, spaghetti, you know? Potatoes. Potatoes. Well, I, I'm actually vegan, right? So I don't know. Oh, no way. 
Yeah, I don't need any uh, animal products at all. Okay. So we've, like my wife and I, we both are, so we've been really creative and, you know, diff- trying different recipes. And I'm telling you, you can do anything with potatoes. Mm-hmm. How <laughs> long have you guys been vegans? So this past June, it oh, wow. three years. Oh, yeah, wow. Three years, yeah, it's been great. Okay. So complete the sentence. If I was not a teacher, I would like to be? Construction worker. Okay, nice. Who is or was your favorite role model? Mr. K. Oh, the, the, the one that you really got inspired by, huh? Yeah, definitely. Okay, what is your greatest achievement? My family. Like Aww. raising my family, yeah, definitely. Marrying my wife and having my kids, 100%. Oh, what is your greatest failure? Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I got a D in one of my chemistry classes in, in oh, my no. undergrad. <laughs> and I was so bummed out about it I just I really just didn't know how to study at that time and I always and I always kind of remember the the prof and just kind of like begging me begging him to fail me and just I think he just I think he just gave me the D I I don't think I should have passed that course but yeah that I wouldn't consider that a failure but that was a really close close one what spot in the world do you most like traveling to well, somewhere I've been that I would love that I kind of promised myself I'd go back to was Kenya. Wow. When I was there. I was actually, I did it as actually one of my teaching placements while I was in teacher's college. I got to teach wow. for, yeah, I got to teach for five weeks there. And it was really, really cool. Like during the weekends, we would stay and live like on safari. And then wow. during the, during the week, I was like living at a teacher's house with their family oh, and their right. kids. And then, like, go to school with him and shadow him around. So I would go back there in a heartbeat just to kind of check in on the school and see what they're up to. And Have you gone back ever since? Or No, I haven't. Last time I was there was 2011. Yeah. Wow. It was, it was probably the greatest teaching experience of my life was teaching those kids. It's, how it's, how it's, were the students like? Were they eager to learn? Like- 100%. And literally, it's just, I call it chalk and talk, right? There's, there's no projectors. There's no electricity. There's, yeah. you know, they shut down when it rains kind of thing, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> but they value education so much and just kind of so thankful that you, they were so thankful that I had taken time and opportunity mm-hmm. to go and see them and, and just teach them a little bit of, I was actually teaching organic chemistry to them. We were, oh, we were doing just basic you know, nomenclature with them. So it was, it was fun. So you said for five weeks? Yeah, I was there for five weeks. Wow. And it made that much of like a big impact. Well, 100%. Oh. And especially living with the family there, like you, you really start to appreciate everything that we kind of take for granted here in Canada. Yeah. You know, plumbing <laughs> as a yeah. basic one. Just basic plumbing and running water. It's like, you know, you can do without it. You know, you can have a, you know, a bucket shower and, have a wonderful day you know it's it's stuff like that that kind of really I don't know it's it's hard to kind of put into words but Mm -hmm. the way that they just they took me in as like one of their own just from like day one that was very heartwarming yeah what is your most productive time of day when my kids go to bed so probably around 8 30 p.m (laughs) do you do most of your marking by like by then or do you finish it up between 8.30 p.m. and like 10 p.m. Oh, so you're a night owl? 
I wouldn't say that. It's just it's just the time that I can actually isolate myself yeah. a little bit and just have a minute to 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 be productive. But that but that's like more like on the marking and planning side. Mm. The teaching time, like period one. Whoever gets me for period one has the best version of me. <laughs> because it's like right when my coffee kicks in. Yeah. And and then you just you get the best version of me. <laughs> Fourth period, fourth period students. I'm sorry, but oh, no. it just—I'm not that I'm a terrible teacher in fourth period, but it's just you just get the best of me. Period one. <laughs> I so had it really, in period two. Oh, so not too bad. Not, not too bad. <laughs> yeah, right when my coffee kicks in. Yeah. <laughs> what concerns you the most? I guess like the well-being of my kids. Right. What, you know, what, the, what their experiences are going to be like in school when, you know, I can't really keep an eye on them. You yeah. know, are they, are they going to have good teachers or not so good teachers? You know, are they going to make friends? So do you only have one kid? So there's the one that you guys were kind of part of my experience. Yeah. Right now, now he's four. His name is Isaac. And I have another a daughter who's two as well. Oh, no. What's your daughter's name? Her name is Nora. Oh, yeah. I remember, I remember Isaac, he was so cute. He showed me a picture. Yeah, they're big now. They're oh, like, we just, imagine. we just had uh, like a family photo shoot the on <laughs> Sunday. My wife and I, we celebrated our uh, seventh year and, and no, wait, sorry, sixth year. Wow, <laughs> I'm rushing congrats. it. Sixth year wedding anniversary. So we did like a little photo Aww. shoot. It was nice. What piece of advice would you give your second year self? So this could be, you know, in university or even in like high school. Uh, do something that you're passionate in. And if it's, and if you're not doing it, then you need to, you need to drastically change it. I remember when I had started for university, it was like, okay, I want to, I love my chemistry teacher and he's amazing. And that's what I want to do for the rest of my life. I just want to take chemistry, chemistry, chemistry. Mm-hmm. Right. But when I was probably the first year or entering second year, I took a look at my classes that I was going to be taking. I'm like, man, these sound terrible. <laughs> like, I don't want to do all of this chem. Like, where's the where's the application? Right? Mm-hmm. Where's the where's the connection to the real world? Right. And that's I think the time when I switched my major, like my honors major to an honors major minor, mm-hmm. and did like the environmental environmental science as well. Because I'm just watching my daughter ride a bike for the first time. It's really good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> for the first time? Okay, do you think we should cut this now? <laughs> I, have, I have one more question left, and then sure. I'll let you go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what advice would you give someone who wants to become a teacher? Make sure you're in it for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's not just about the summers off and Christmas and March break, which is, yeah. uh, I know, unfortunately, why some people get into it. Mm-hmm. Make sure you're ready for a learning experience that doesn't end. It's, you are not, you're never done. And when you are done learning, it's time to retire. Yeah. Right. You need to kind of go in every day expecting that it's not going to go as planned. Your lesson plan might be perfect, but it hardly goes that way. Mm-hmm. And it's probably around that time that you realize that you don't really need to make lesson plans. You just need to really be present and, yeah. and there for the kids, right? You can't expect to assign work and then just hang out at your desk. You need to be constantly kind of engaging with the students, right? So when you're in the class, be ready for like, it's a marathon. Your day is a marathon, right? Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's definitely worth it.
Okay, so that was a great way of ending it. You explained that very well. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It was congrats. really nice chatting with you, Aline. It was nice chatting with you. And, yeah. you know, congrats for your daughter. Your daughter's learning how to ride a bike. I know. Well, it's just one of those, like, she's only two, right? So it's one of those, like, you know, strider bikes or push bikes. And you just kind of, there's no pedals. <laughs> oh. so she's, she's finally tall enough to kind of stand on both sides and not fall mm-hmm. over. Oh. <laughs> Okay, well, it's been great talking to you, catching up with you. Thank you so much for doing this with me. I owe you big time. <laughs> definitely, definitely do. You got to come by the school and talk some sense in some of these students, too. <laughs> I was planning on visiting, but, you know, Corona and, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so and, easy to forget. Yeah, I know, right? Okay. Anyways, okay. so I'll talk to you another time. Thank you definitely. again. Definitely. See you soon. Bye-bye.